Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2007 film Beowulf. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Oh, hello. All right, me old mucker. How's it going, mate? All right. I'm Beowulf. I'm here to slay your monster. I'm going to slay your monster. (laughs) Do you think it was written in a script like that? Like M-O-N-S-T-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-H. Yeah, the entire script was phonetic for the odd uh, Danish um, accents of John Malkovich and Anthony Hopkins as well. The very accurate 8th century (laughs) Danish accents. Incredibly accurate. It's like if you ever try to read that script, it's like trying to read the book of train spotting where it's all written in like the Scottish phonetics. <laughs> it's like trying to read Beowulf pre-translation. <laughs> have you? Did we did we have to read it at the university? We did, I think. I don't know if it was for everybody, but certainly I read it on my course. First year, I feel like it was first year when we all had to do the same uh, stuff. Like everybody had to do it. It's a bit of a blur to be honest. I mean I was drunk the whole time in first year. <laughs> Even I was drunk a lot of the time in first year. Yeah, yeah, and that was a long time ago. It was a very long time before I I stopped partaking in the the devil's liquid. Yeah, um. <laughs> the devil's liquid. That's definitely part of Beowulf, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Speaking of 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 <laughs> things that are created by the devil. Um, this week's film is Beowulf from 2007. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that, because sometimes we have opening chat that's not related to the film, because, you know, we, we're best friends, we speak to each other once a week, this is our only chance to air our grievances and talk about things that are wrong with the world, so you're going, speaking of things that come from the devil, how about gas price shortages or whatever? <laughs> do, you, do you want to have a bit of political chat? No, I don't. I want to talk about Beowulf. Okay, well, let, let's crack on. Let's get straight on with Beowulf. So, yeah. had you seen Beowulf 2007 before? Yes, I'm pretty sure that I went to see this in the cinema when it came out. And I don't know if maybe you were there, but I, like Rob Sherman might have been there. or Some of our friends from university, like a few of us went to see it because we were like... Oh my god, wow, they've made this like really cool, like new newfangled epic film of some of the boring shit we had to study in our first year. Let's go and see that. That'll be cool. And yeah, it was kind of cool. My memory is very hazy. I don't think I was drunk necessarily because this is second year. I might have sobered up for the odd day here and there by then. <laughs> but um <laughs> but I th- I can't remember. Because at that time it was when they were trying to bring 3D back into cinema as well, which is very, which was a very bad time for the wearers of glasses like myself. So I can't remember if I went to see it and I wore 3D glasses over my glasses, but I feel like I would have done if I did, because I was always very annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah, because there was no, they not, they offered no solution for people who already wore glasses. It was just no. like you want to see this film, no. it's in 3D. We're showing it at 2D. At nine in the morning and eleven at night, all day, every hour, you can see a three D performance. I'm very glad that cinema's not like that anymore. 
yeah i know i'm i'm very glad you still get the odd 3d film don't you it hasn't died just yet have there been any of note recently uh well the things like the avengers movies were released in 3d as well oh really yeah i think they were it's not died yet um they've still been pushing 3d um and i assume that when um when the avatar sequels eventually come out we're going to um we're going to to get more um more of that going on i've still not seen avatar yeah i remember you saying it's fine it passed me by at the time <laughs> it's it's not it's not crap but it's also not great it's just kind of there <laughs> the the technology at the time was was very good and that was what was interesting about it and then the story is just kind of there um so it's not as awful as people make it out to be but equally it's not as spectacular as it was thought of at the time right and you know james cameron is a good and competent fa- filmmaker isn't he he has made yeah. some very good films yeah. yeah i'd say it's certainly his worst movie since he was starting out um you know you you look at you you look at his track record, James Cameron, and it's truly fantastic. So many hits in a row. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I think you've got Avatar, and then you've got the stuff that he did before he got big, like Piranha Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, but in between that, you've got the Terminator, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator Two, True Lies, Titanic. Um, that is an incredible run of of movies to direct, and then he did those cool little documentaries about being underwater shooting fish. Was there a piranha one? Yes, yeah, <laughs> piranha. Piranhas about killer piranhas, and then piranha two. Oh, you don't say. Is also about killer piranhas. <laughs> Hang on, piranha two, the spawning. <laughs> yeah, I've never but, seen it. What a ridiculous poster! It's got like it's an underwater view. Of like just a woman's bottom and legs, and there's like this very sort of humanoid-looking piranha looking up at it with open jaws. Yeah, that, a hor- that horrible but kind of brilliant poster. And and that kind of sums up the first piranha movie, where it was just here's a woman, oh she's taken her boobs out, oh she's been eaten by piranhas. That's basically it for the entirety of the runtime. Um, I think also James Cameron directed some stuff before that. Um which wasn't in his own name. Right. Um, James Cameron. (laughs) James Cameron. David Cameron. Um, So I think he did, he did sort of like the special effects for Piranha. Um, And then he was a production designer on a movie called um, Galaxy of Terror. Right. Um, but there's lots of rumours that actually he did the bulk of the direction on, on some of these movies. I don't think he did on the original Piranha, but I think on Ga- Galaxy of Terror, it's been hinted that um, that, uh, that that Cameron had a much greater involvement than, uh, than is initially let on in the credits. Oh, right. Interesting. So I have to apologise for my neighbour's barking dog. I'm back in the, the outside room now. I've been, been I kicked you, out. I thought you were going to say there, I have to apologise for the neighbour's barking. Um, yeah, they're always at it. Yeah. Uh, the, Howling the original, at the moon. The original piranha, I have to say, the poster of that is also bad. It's a giant piranha, a woman yep. straddling a lilo. Um <laughs> Then about to be eaten by a piranha. Also terrible. But it was directed by Jay Dante. 
um, who, of the guy of who Gremlins. did um, should I be a face? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, did I, Joe another Dante, string to his bow. I, he did, I had no he idea. did old. Um, he did um, Gremlins and Inner Space and stuff like that. All right, um, but yeah, one of his one of his earlier movies in the late seventies was uh, Piranha. I'm just looking at James Cameron's filmography now. It's got <laughs> Avatar and then a huge gap, and then oh, this is the this isn't the full one. Okay, but then it just says Avatar 2009, and then. 2022, Avatar 2. 2024, Avatar 3. 2026, Avatar 4. 2028, Avatar 5. Has the studio already agreed to fund they like, have, five Avatar films? They agreed. I, I mean, bear in mind that Avatar was the most successful movie ever. Yeah. Um, for a while until... I think it was until um, the latest Avengers shit piece came out. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I think it was taken away by Avengers Endgame Part 7 or whatever it is. So you were going to say until Jack and Jill. <laughs> until Jack and Jill, exactly. Um, so I think they immediately greenlit Avatar um, Parts 2, 3, 5. But then they forgot that James Cameron likes to take his time over things. So it's been, um, what, how many years since since Avatar 1? Because that Two, came out 2009. When we were at, yeah, 2009. So we were at university. So it's going to have been 13 years. But what's he done since then? Alita Battle Angel? Nah. Yeah, he's done some writing and production and stuff. He's basically just been, been being James Cameron. Yeah, I didn't like that as much as being John Malkovich. <laughs> just to provide a link back to Beowulf. <laughs> That's true. We have got... We, we started so well. We did. <laughs> <laughs> immediately went off on a tangent so anyway right how did we how do we get onto james cameron from beowulf i honestly can't remember oh it's because of avatar and motion capture right so around the time that beowulf came out it used motion capture technology which is when you pay lots and lots of money to put all your actors in suits in front of a green screen in like a weird basement um, and like spend loads and loads and loads on technology so that you can animate them all to look life like instead of actually just filming them in the snow in Denmark. That's how it works, right? Yeah, that's how you do it. That's what. Um, um, but Avatar used this, I think, probably to the best effect. I'm saying that because I haven't seen it, but I think it was probably the most successful in terms of actually using it to a to great effect because there were sort of a spate of films that came out in those few years. Um, that used this technology and it was like maybe going to be this massive future thing and then I don't think it was. I think it was a bit of a like a damp squib but most of them were directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. R- Robert Zemeckis is an interesting one, isn't he? And I yeah. know we were... We were- we were going to eventually talk about Robert Zemeckis on this podcast, but let's just let's just crack on now. We've covered have we covered any of we've covered one of his movies. We, we must have done. I feel like the name has come up before, but I'm looking at his filmography now and I'm not seeing anything that we have talked about. Have you seen the Polar Express, by the way? Just while we're on the subject of his yeah, motion I, capture films, I fucking hate the Polar Express. <laughs> Yeah, it's not <laughs> really good, it? hate it. The um, other thing about being back in this room is that my wife is now the other side of the glass and she can hear what I'm saying. So I'm going to have to say this <laughs> quietly because she likes it and wants to watch it every Christmas, but I don't like it. I find I, the animation creepy as hell. It, it is They're, like, so dead creepy. behind the eyes. It is so creepy. And Robert Zemeckis, he's a he's a fascinating one because he's always been a technically brilliant director. 
you know, if you even go back to um, I Want to Hold Your Hand, which is a very interesting movie where they basically put a load of teenagers into the 60s where they're trying to go off and, and see the Beatles play. And and they've sort of, they put these people into that era and there's a really clever use of, of, um, of footage of the time being interspersed into it. It's very cleverly done. Right. Um, then obviously you've got things like um who framed roger rabbit um i don't know if i've ever seen that you know have, I'm you've aware never of it. seen who framed jesus christ I don't, no. I don't think i have i i it was one of those ones where like every time you went to your friend's house they had the vhs of it but i never saw it it was one of those it's amazing it's genuinely brilliant yeah and it looks odd it. not gonna lie it looks very very odd it looks a bit space jam for me well, I, I think people only like it because they had nostalgia for seeing it when they were young. No, it's it's very clever. It's a very clever anti-capitalist movie as well, actually. I'll okay, you. I'm listening. Um, so the well, I I'm not going to tell you what the plot is because you should watch it. But yeah, it's it's an amazing pastiche of the film noir uh, genre, but with cartoons in it alongside um, alongside real people, and the way that they do it is truly incredible. Um, it's very, very funny. It understands its subject matter perfectly, both in terms of how it implements cartoons and how it implements the the sort of structure of this this noir mystery, um, with amazing performances as well. You know, Bob Hoskins is in it, Christopher Lloyd's in it, um, but then the the voice actors are all all fantastic too. Um, yeah, you should. How have you not seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Bloody hell, Paddy! I know. Got I've, a, not, seen that. I've not seen Forrest Gump either, as we know, which is Forrest also <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Forest comes fine. Um, Death becomes her as well, which is I have oh, seen that. Love that, that is movie. brilliant. Um, That's always like weirdly on like ITV at three o'clock on a Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's very. I think it's now on Netflix as well. I've seen it pop up. So oh, brilliant. We should um, watch that at some point. And and then Castaway as well. I have um, seen that. Tom Hanks shouts at a ball on an island. <laughs> yeah, what a brilliant concept. Um, but then he went off on his weird little. Um, venture into into eight into weird animated shit so polar express beowulf and a christmas carol which i will not will not ever watch because i love a christmas carol as a text i think it's an amazing book i read it every year at christmas and there are so many incredible adaptations um yeah i I will not ever watch that it looks awful (laughs) it's really creepy um again it's one of the things where you think much like with beowulf why did you not just film it with real people (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and and that's the main problem with um with beowulf 2007 with the christmas carol i i feel like at least the justification for doing it that way is there because there are a thousand versions of it already that have been done with real people um but with beowulf it's like well there haven't there been some other versions but it's like yeah didn't need to do that did you but can i just say on the subject of a christmas carol that the best version is the muppets christmas carol oh yeah and it's 100% the the one that's actually most faithful to the source text as well yeah it it recognizes the source material way better than any other adaptation um it, it tonally it is perfect for it um so yeah 100% uh, Chris Michael Caine's most iconic performance. Yeah, it's the it's the it, it's 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 a question Humbug. for you actually. Um, any, if you could give any intellectual property the Muppet treatment, so you've got one person who is a person and everyone else is played by Muppets, uh, what would you choose? 
You mean like a, a classic work of literature or anything at all? Anything at all? It could be another movie. It could be a novel. Um, anything. Comic Infinite book. jest. <laughs> okay, who would be <laughs> the person? No, you, it wouldn't work because you need something that has like a really obvious protagonist where everything revolves around them. Or hmm. do you have an idea? There's there's two in my mind that I really would have liked to see. Um, first is the Terminator, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is himself and he is murdering Muppets, <laughs> I think would be incredible. Um, alien, apart from the alien, is a person in a suit and everyone else is a Muppet. If yeah. that's not allowed, then, then Ellen Ripley is human and everything else is a Muppet, including the alien. Yeah, um, little, little Muppet alien bursting out of Kermit's <laughs> stomach. Exactly. And it's, it's played by, um, what's his name, the one who beeper is that his name bleep beaker 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 is the the is the is the chest bursting alien who bursts out um i think would be amazing um aside from that june would be pretty good (laughs) you've got paul atreides played by um carl mclaughlin we'll go back to the 80s yeah carl mclaughlin and everyone else is a muppet i think would be incredible (laughs) Did you have you seen the Muppets film that's just called The Muppets? I think it's from like 2010. Where um, they kind of rebooted the franchise a bit. No, with with the funny man who I've forgotten the name of. Jason Segel. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. Segel. Um, Segel man. I've I've not seen it, but um, I've heard it's good. It's very good. I love it. It's fantastic. It's got songs by Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords, and it's really good and very funny. Oh, and Chris so. Cooper, who always plays like villainous dads, he's in it as the rich oil baron, Tex Richman. You know, that's all you need, really, isn't it? <laughs> that is all you need. Um, and I think what you needed from Beowulf 2007 is to have it in that Muppet version. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> so you've just got Ray Winston, <laughs> Ray Winston being himself. Being himself. Cockneying about. Surrounded by Muppets. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the main problem with this movie is the decision to make it look like a bunch of ps2 looking motherfuckers <laughs> um, yeah it's basically like yeah a two and a quarter hour cutscene from one of from... the heinous 3d castlevania games isn't it <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> it looks like fucking shrek is what it looks like this is this is like shrek especially when you get for... the dragon at the end yeah exactly it looks so much like shrek it is shrek for edgy 15 year olds um and that's the real problem with it everything's floaty it doesn't feel physical at all it's the same problem that we had with the uh live action in quotation marks lion king mm. where there wasn't any physicality around it and they created physicality in the in the original animated version of the lion king but it's something about the way that you have these attempted realistic animation methods that just makes everything look fake everything looks like it's made out of polystyrene almost where it's just this weightless thing that's being positioned um and i was thinking you know you could do a live action beowulf that would be that would be that would be great that would be has great, it no been problem. done it has but no one's done like a a direct adaptation of the source material <laughs> so you've got um you've got a post-apocalyptic one called beowulf that came out in 1999 starring christopher lambert um okay which is really dumb i started watching it and was like 
I need to watch this at another time and I haven't got around to, to doing it. It's basically Beowulf meets Mad Max, but far worse than that <laughs> than that actually is. Um, you've then got um, Beowulf and Grendel from 2005 starring Jared Butler as Beowulf. Oh, good grief. Um, I do not know how, um, how uh, accurate that is. Um... I have not seen it. It does not get good reviews. Um, so <laughs> I, I can't imagine that it's that great. Um, but I would say that Jared Butler's a better choice for Beowulf than Ray Winston. Um, we'll talk more about Ray Winston's performance later. <laughs> um, but then you've also got Outlander, which is another science fiction Beowulf where a spaceship crashes <laughs> in in Scandinavia. Science fiction Beowulf. <laughs> Yep. Um there have been more sci-fi Beowulfs than um than the normal ones. It's Beowulfs. very bad. Beowulfs, exactly. Um and that's very yeah, so Outlander is very loosely based on Beowulf and that's a real shit film that made zero money off its budget. Uh cost about fifty million to make, made about seven back. Ooh. And it's very bad. Um Ouch. then there was a series made but it didn't follow the plot of beowulf it just had beowulf in it um super stupid no one's made a a proper beowulf movie that's really interesting isn't it because it's just crying out for it isn't it and as people find any property and will make it into a thing these days you feel like everything's been done but i guess it's also because the poem itself is already open to translation and interpretation and every version of it is some kind of interpretation, isn't it? So I guess people feel like, well, yeah, I'm going to just take some liberties with this and it's not a property you have to pay anyone for because it's old English literature. So they're like, yeah, let's make some rubbish sci-fi film based on this. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, so so the, the best one is a film called The 13th Warrior, which, which stars... Um, a uh, friend of the podcast um Antonio Banderas and that's oh, it's 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 based on a book by Michael Crichton and it's vaguely based on Beowulf rather than Grendel being a monster it's a bunch of cannibals in the woods um basically it's it's not very close at all but that, it's actually quite a good little movie um but yeah they, they haven't done a proper adaptation of Beowulf this is actually the closest tonally and I have I have problems with the tone of this movie which again we can we can talk about in a bit but tonally this is the closest to Beowulf and you just think you know Game of Thrones has ended there's people everywhere crying out for dark medieval fantasy stuff yeah why has for instance a24 who recently released um the green knight the adaptation of mm. and the green knight why have they not commissioned one of their artistic directors to make an adaptation of beowulf that's a really good point i would like to see that and i i would like to see that we're getting another fucking macbeth from them oh, joel good. cohen is making another macbeth even though we had a perfectly brilliant um adaptation of Macbeth literally six years ago that's all arty and moody so it's really good it's got Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard oh yes Macbeths 
You were telling um, me about this on the the Fastbender episode before, whatever film that was. Jane whatever Eyre, it was, Jane Eyre, um, Assassin's Creed. It was one of those two. Yeah, one of them. And it's it's truly brilliant. It's moody. It captures the the themes and the emotion behind Macbeth perfectly. And so Joel Cohen clearly saw that and thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to make that, but I'm going to put um, Francis McDormand in it as as as, as I do Macbeth. with every film, and and everyone's going to think it's brilliant, and it's going to be in black and white, and it's it's just like why the fuck does this movie exist? Like it, it looks good, but it's like we we literally just had a adaptation of Macbeth that's all moody and dark and brooding and artistic. Um, make Beowulf, you cucks! And then of course there's the 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 Roman Polanski Macbeth where all the witches are naked for no reason which I was shown in English class in year 10 by a teacher who got fired the same year. <laughs> Dear. I didn't even realise he made a Macbeth. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really like scary and gothic and everyone's naked for no reason. And speaking of nudity for no reason... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting back, to, getting back to Beowulf. Like you said, completely unnecessary nakedness... Um, is it faithful to the? Isn't it faithful to the source text though? Doesn't oh, that yeah. happen in the? <laughs> it's, it's one of the few moments of this film where they decided we want to be totally faithful to the source text, where Beowulf strips naked to fight Grendel. Not that it's, I think when you're adapting something, it really matters whether you're faithful to the source text or not, because it's a no. thing people always use against texts, against films when they just don't like them. You know, it's an easy out, isn't it? I'm going to add a caveat to that. I think you can be, you don't have to be totally faithful to the source text, but you need to be thematically consistent with the source text. And that, I think, is where this movie falls down. But again, we can talk about that later. Let's talk mm. about the nudity first. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, let's, talk, so, let's talk about Ray Winston's butt. So we get a lot of man butt in this movie. I'd say you, at least in this movie, you get just as much time with naked men as you do with naked women oh yes if not more um if not more For the first bit of nudity you see is anthony hopkins cgi butt yeah uh love it totally sets the tone right for the rest of the movie um then you see ray winston get completely naked and it's in it's in this scene that's almost like that scene in the simpsons movie where bart is uh skateboarding nude and things keep covering up his junk because it's stuff like the sword <laughs> is covering Ray Winston's junk, steam is covering Ray Winston's junk, yeah. Grendel yeah. is covering Ray Ray Winston's junk. You never get to see the CGI junk, and he's always like rolling over so that so you don't see it, or he's like thrown <laughs> exactly. into the air and he's in that sort of fetal position, and then he squats down so you never actually see it. Yeah, you never see. <laughs> I want to see full on Beowulf dick. Why? <laughs> Why why have we not seen full on Beowulf dick in this movie? That's not uh that's not accurate to the source material. His dick should have been out. Um <laughs> But but we, we get a little bit of yeah, so so there's a lot of male nudity, which is accurate to the source material and is uh is is funny that we get it and it's fun that we get it. We get a little bit of sort of female nudity from uh grendel's mother who is now sexy who is uh, angelina jolie with gold paint on <laughs> yeah gold paint and no nipples yeah um, because obviously they couldn't have female nips in this movie like a like a disney to. character yeah like aladdin <laughs> exactly um so um yeah so we get nudity from her but 
she's now sexy grendel's mother is sexy she's not a creepy monster um but it does mean that this movie it does have a horn section oh yeah absolutely we get a horn section in this film it is a horny movie um not only is there literally a golden horn um (laughs) but everyone wants to fuck yeah beowulf wants to fuck the queen the queen wants to fuck beowulf Beowulf wants to fuck Grendel's mother. Grendel's mother wants to fuck Beowulf. Um, it's he, yeah, it's a horny movie. Everyone wants to, well, everyone wants to fuck Beowulf. And I guess that's a good thing about motion capture is it's it's clearly a very horny way to make a film. <laughs> exactly, it's the most horny way to make. A I film. assume that um, Robert Zemeckis's A Christmas Carol is equally horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scrooge is just like, oh man, I really want to bone the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, and the, the um, ghost of Christmas past shows up, and it's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's a horny movie, and it's funny because it again, it's these CGI characters, so it does just look like an awkward video game cutscene. Yeah. Um, which is just it's it's not great. And I remember at the time it had this kind of uncanny valley feeling to it anyway. Um but it it got even worse <laughs> over time, hasn't it? Definitely. Um, where at the time it didn't look great, but now it does literally look like Shrek. So if you wanted Mandong to be added to Shrek, if that's the movie you've always wanted to see, then Beowulf is here for you. <laughs> With the this caveat a, that the dong will be covered by some smoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, you don't see the dong, but the implication of dong is there. Because they somehow um, managed to get a 12A rating for this. Well, that's why. They didn't have Angelina Jolie CGI nipple, and they didn't have Ray Winston CGI dong. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Someone it's... had to have a conversation about that in the making of this, didn't they? They said, right... We're aiming for this rating. This happens quite early on in the process, doesn't it? Where they're like, we're going to aim for this rating because that's the market that we're targeting this film at. And it's like, do we do we go for a 12A or do we go for a 15 or an 18? In which case we can get a CGI willy in there. And it's like, nope. <laughs> Keeping yeah, no, it family friendly. Yeah, so they keep... I wonder if... Keeping this extremely point... violent, scary, <laughs> eldritch film family friendly. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if at some point there was someone in the CGI team who was furious. It's like, I put so much work into into generating a dong for Beowulf and now they've just cut it out because they want to get this this 12A rating. Oh, it's like... Um, wasted the, hours of work. The person who had to edit all the anuses out of cats. <laughs> yeah, or, or going to video games. The horses in Red Dead Redemption 2, a game that had notorious crunch people working 12 hour days seven days a week um your horses pooed and in cold weather if you had a male horse its balls shrunk somebody's job was that <laughs> someone was working 12 hour days and oh. they were doing that um so That's yeah i like terrible. to think there was someone there doing ray winston dong for this movie who was in like no we've cut it we want to get a lower rating Ray Winston, um, incidentally, was also in Cats 2019, and I can't remember him. <laughs> but apparently, he played Growl Tiger. True. He was the he was the sassy one on the on the barge who captured people, wasn't oh, he? I thought that was James Corden. No, James Corden was just the nonsense one who fell over and said, "I'm fat now." <laughs> what do you mean now? <laughs> um, that's the big joke. That's why. That's what's funny about him. He's fat. That's yeah, the big, exactly. The funny that's, thing. That's a funny thing to laugh at, isn't it? Um, so, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's the guy on the boat. He's he's sassy boatman, sassy boat tiger. <laughs> um, so um, 
yeah so so this movie the the animation doesn't work and i was i was thinking to myself you know they could have made a live action adaptation we've never had a good beowulf movie could they have just played it safe and gone for a live action one obviously robert zemeckis this was in his cgi animated phase so that was never going to happen with him but then i was thinking you could do an animated version of this but have it um have it work in a different way so i don't know if you remember the the animated shakespeare adaptations that were made for the bbc in the 1990s yeah i don't know i think i I saw a couple of those yeah well they had some really weird interesting animation in it i particularly remember the macbeth one and the hamlet one having all of this this gothic horror sensibility to them and actually i think that would fit beowulf incredibly well so they could Mm. have still made an animated beowulf and had it work um but they just chose these weird realistic but equally cartoonish um animated models and it's just very off-putting all the way through um and and you know this this is a story of violence you know beowulf is an incredibly violent original work it's almost Um, worse i think that the animated figures look like the people who played them because yeah, it's yeah. distracting, isn't it? You're thinking, oh, that's not John Malkovich, but it looks a lot like John Malkovich. Oh, wait, <laughs> it's, it's played by John Malkovich. It's it's Juan Malkovich. <laughs> it's John um, Malkovich with like really long hair and a mustache. Yeah, yeah. We've, it's Robin <laughs> Robin Wright, but not really. It's Robin Wright as the Princess Bride. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> the costume looks exactly the same. It does look exactly the same, doesn't that it? That just came across as um, really cheap to me. It's, it's yeah. And, and so, uh, you know... I think is it time to talk about the casting or do you want to talk about the the stupid things they changed to the plot first? Um let's let's do plot first. Let's do plot first. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll leave talking about Ray Winston being horribly miscast until last, shall we? Um so right. um so, so so Beowulf, right. It's a fascinating work. I know that we had to read it, but I've I've read it since have you um yeah like recently not recently recently but i've read it in the last five years or so um was it the seamus heaney translation yes yeah which is very good it's a it's a really interesting um it's a really interesting story not necessarily because of the the content of the story but because it's this snapshot to a different era um you know when you think about beowulf it's this interesting time period it's a tale of danes told by anglo-saxons and then transcribed by christians yeah um and so you've got this weird through current of a time when there was great change in britain between all of these different cultural shifts and it's it's really interesting that they've they where this where this story sits um and so it's really fascinating that the, the main plot is Basically, I'm a giant psychopathic himbo. I'm a strong, stupid man. I'm going to go beat up some monsters. Oh, fuck. I've overplayed it. I've got too arrogant. And now I've been ganked by a bigger monster. And that's Beowulf, right? Yeah. That's the story of Beowulf. It's all about um, arrogance and power and and myth and being a hero. And, and that's what really works well about it. So- it's He-Man, but from... <laughs> 1600 years ago exactly so why did they decide to add more complexity to the plot um you know they they've added in these big twists that hrothgar 
boned Grendel's mother, and that's what created Grendel. He's Grendel's then, father, even though Grendel's like much bigger than him. And then you've got Beowulf decides, rather than killing Grendel's mother, to bone Grendel's mother. And then that creates the dragon at the end of the story, which then kills him. Because, of course, a man would have a dragon for a son. <laughs> Well, you know that that we're talking fantasy here. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about that. But but yeah, I do yeah. think I do think that by adding this com- this complexity, um, it really makes the work worse. Beowulf should be like being hit in the head with a brick. It's supposed to be this this huge punch of brutality, and and that's the point of it. But instead, you've got this 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 complexity of of political machination and 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 um and you know um legacy and everything that's going to happen to you is is predestined yeah. and everything like that and it just makes it tiresome and then at the end but despite hinted, all that it still feels thin doesn't it yeah yeah because because there's no there's no substance to any of the changes that they've made um and in fact what's interesting is They've added more Christian morality to this story, which was initially sort of tied to Christian morality because of the people who transcribed it. Yeah, um, from pagans. So, yes, yeah. So, that, so they've added in this morality of the sins of the father and and everything like that, um, and that takes away the unique contextual place that Beowulf sits in. And it makes it into just anything else. And that's why it feels so thin, is if they'd stuck to the original work, if they'd stuck to those pure plot points, it would have been a much more interesting movie, even though in face value it appears much more simplistic. Because by making these tweaks, and pe- people have, have, have messed around with the story of Beowulf time and time again, you know, it's, it's not a new thing that they shifted it. And in fact, the, the changes that they made to this movie are based on previous changes that other people have done. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make it good <laughs> that they've changed it. No. You know, um, like I, I was reading that there's a um, a feminist analysis of Beowulf and a feminist reworking of Beowulf. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that could be interesting or it could be a complete, a complete piece of shit, depending on how they do it. Um, because, Is that a film someone's working on? No, so it's a, it's a book. Um it's um it's 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 a book that someone's someone's i think it's out i think it has already been released um and and like okay i can i can see that being interesting depending on how they how they do it but if it's literally stripping away the contextual what makes the the contextual side of it interesting then it just becomes boring um you know um so i think you know, it's two hours long. This film, isn't it? Yeah. You don't need. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that long. You could have a perfect ninety minutes. Battle with Grendel. Battle with his mother. Battle with the dragon. Beowulf's dead. <laughs> Half an hour each. And I think, I think that's what you. I think that's what would work really well about it. Um, you know, it could just be. It, it could be something much more visceral. And I know that the word yeah. visceral is overused, but lit- I mean, how else would you describe Beowulf? It's literally, I'm a naked man wrestling a monster and then I'm going to rip his arm off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> visceral is the right word for this story. And that would, it would make it so much better if they'd done that and if they cut out all the fluff and if they hadn't put in all of this nonsense, all these nonsense twists. 
um it's just yeah it's it's disappointing is it, what it, is. it turns it from an epic violent fun swashbuckling poem into a film about deadbeat dads doesn't it <laughs> exactly. it's another film in which deadbeat dads get a free pass and i don't like it <laughs> yeah, exactly get out of here where were you for grendel's first birthday anthony hopkins where were you when he learned to ride a bike you know and <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think you can do interesting things with it. Um, there's a book sitting on my shelf called Grendel, um, in fact. Um, I've, I've heard I've not, of that. I've not read it, but yeah, by John Gardner. And it's like a reworking of Beowulf, but from the perspective of Grendel. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to read it and, and see see how they do it. But this just, it's not an interesting change. What I'm saying the is the film that I want is Beowulf and his dragon son going on like a buddy road movie. <laughs> You want the Mandalorian apart from it's 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 Beowulf and his dragon son. Yeah, yeah, I, I could get behind that. Yeah, little he's a little baby dragon being carried around by by Ray Winston in a little backpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but speaking of Ray Winston, um, how bad is the casting in this? In this, film? I think he he's a good actor. He's good at what he does. Yeah, but I, he's I, not Beowulf. Yeah, I really like Ray Winston. Don't get me wrong. If you wanted um, Beowulf to be one of the gangsters from Sexy Beast, then fine. <laughs> then maybe Ben Kingsley would have been a better Beowulf. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I like I like Ray Winston. Um, you know, he, he's in great stuff like like Sexy Beast, uh, The Departed as well. He's wonderful in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very he's a very talented actor not just within the realm of gangsters but outside of that as well he's got he's got more depth than people think he has but casting him as a a a dark ages hero is just completely wrong um but he's not he's not the only one you know he is is not the right role for him and it's very very funny where he says things like um, I've come to kill your monster. Monster. Or, or after he's killed a sea monster, just shouting his own name. Yeah. Is great. What I loved was um, he shows up and Anthony Hopkins goes, How's your father? And he goes, Dead. Dead. My father's dead. How's your father? Dead. Whoop de doo. That wasn't fairs. <laughs> but yes, it's um, very incongruous that Beowulf is played by Ray Winston playing Ray Winston. Yeah, it's 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 not great, is it? Um, but but let's be honest, the rest of the casting isn't particularly good. Anthony Hopkins as old man Hrothgar, I can get behind. I quite like. I I thought he did quite a good job. I was, yeah, and I thought John Malkovich wasn't bad either. And his accent was sort of you could tell he'd put a lot of time into that. His his performance is really weird for me because he just sounds like he's sarcastic the entire time. Yeah, um, which I think is really odd. Um, Robin Robin Wright, they give literally nothing to do. Yeah. She's just um, there. This is not a movie with good female characters in. No. So maybe that fem- feminist reworking of, of, of Beowulf is needed. Um, yes, it's definitely needed from the perspective of this yeah, film. This, this movie certainly needed it. Um, but um, And all but, yeah. the men are jumping up on tables and shouting their own, their own names. And the women are either just watching that or then seducing them and causing their death. Yeah, they're... they're, they're They've got their boobs out, and that's basically the only thing that the women do in this movie. Um, they're golden the men, boobs. The men are going, I'm a man. Ooh, ooh, give me some mead. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Ooh, I'm a man. 
there's there's a couple of songs isn't there i could set that to some music i'm gonna cut that out <laughs> go on go on then that could be our outro um oh i'm gonna drink some mead and i'm gonna kill your monster with some jelly deals um, well, now i have to make it sort of vaguely cockney because you did the cockney voice <laughs> i'm sorry sorry um it's gonna be like the hitcher in the mighty boosh heels <laughs> up inside you <yeah. laughs> exactly um so yeah it's 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 just weird isn't it the casting's weird crisping glover is grendel and i think he does I, a, a fair I job think, of playing think a big old monster i think he's good and i think it's interesting that he's this big old pathetic creature he's basically just telling his neighbors to shut the fuck up because <laughs> they're too loud at four in the morning um He's but got hypersensitive hearing. Yeah, and and so it's he, he's he's fine. I'm not sure about the way that they portray Grendel in general, but again, that all comes back down to the um to, to the to the main problems with what they did with the with the plot. Grendel's mother, played by Angelina Jolie, is is Angelina Jolie being sexy. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. again not really given anything to do <laughs> at all um i did appreciate um john malkovich's slave who he just beats up all the time yeah because he's a um, man because he's a man he's a manly man he, yeah um so it's yeah that's a it's just a lot of there's a lot of weird incongruous stuff in this movie um even even down to the to the cinematography like there's that really weird dumb fucking shot where it follows the arrow that they're firing off the hill straight into the back of a guy's head (laughs) and you're just like what was the point of this there's loads of stuff like that yeah where it like slows down or goes into a slow-mo in the middle of a battle for no reason and you're like guys this isn't the matrix it's bail i mean we don't need bullet time for grendel i would love it if they did an adaptation of beowulf where he came out in a trench coat and sunglasses and was just like oh, i'm gonna slay your monster yeah and then you just hear <laughs> rage against the machine in the background as he pulls out a couple of uzis yeah <laughs> goes into bullet time shooting at grendel well if they've made a bunch of sci-fi adaptations then why not well yeah exactly why why not do why not do um yeah the matrix but beowulf um i'm sure so, keanu would be up for it yeah get, get keanu to be beowulf he'd be great he would have um, been better than Ray Winston in this. <laughs> <laughs> or Kevin Costner, even, as an incongruous American. <laughs> I'm going to slay your monster. Yeah, there you go. That was good. There we go. That was good. Yeah. All right, I'll seduce you, Grendel's mother. Yeah. Humana, humana, humana. And as, as we know... sexy monster. Kevin Costner loves to get his bum out. So, <laughs> so he'd be yeah. perfect. He'd be perfect for this. Did you like my American accent? Is that a good American perfect. accent? Perfect. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. I I know that there's only one American accent. There's only one accent. In James America. Cameron's going to call you up soon. It's it's not a country that has a hugely diverse range of accents. No, there are no no local no accents local <laughs> to the fifty states or anything. <laughs> exactly. Definitely not. There's just one American, and then that covers Canada as well. Yep. Texas is the same as Quebec exactly right <laughs> says us for whom we insist that you know yorkshire is very different from lancashire well to be fair they are different yeah and they are they are they are different cornwall different to devon different to dorset all very different um 
we we have a it's one of the things that i do like about this hellscape of a country we live in is the variety of accents that we get have basically you walk down the road and there's a slightly different dialect and they're going to stab you over it yeah yeah welcome to britain (laughs) it's beautiful beautiful country um don't let me catch anyone from the other side of woking coming down this street no exactly (laughs) east sussex and west sussex fucking mortal mortal enemies yeah well you're lucky that i even talked to you considering you're from sussex and i'm from surrey i'm so far away yeah bloody outrage um so a, a little factoid for you beowulf was made into a video game oh yeah i've never played it it doesn't sound like it's very good you mean like this this film version so of this it? this film was made into a game called beowulf the game <laughs> i love how you have to say that as if people are going to see beowulf on the video game box and not know that it's a game <laughs> Like you're in exactly. GameStop or wherever, and then so, you see you see Beowulf on there. And you're like, hmm, I wonder if that's a game. So, so let me read out the plot as it's described on Wikipedia for Beowulf the game. Um, the story begins with Beowulf racing on a beach with a fellow thane. On the beach, they slay crabs, and then Beowulf races with the thane in the sea, where he is attacked by a sea serpent. He fights the serpent on a small rock structure, but is defeated and thrown into the water. There, Grendel's mother appears and says he is her new hero and grants him power. Beowulf defeats the sea serpent with his newfound power and returns to the beach where he was racing with the Thane. Afterwards, having heard the problem the Danes are facing, he goes to help King Hrothgar to stop Grendel, gaining heroic powers. Heroic is capitalised <laughs> on the journey. Afterwards, the player plays through the 30 years of Beowulf's life as King of the Danes, what? which was not seen in the movie. Or the poem. Be- Beowulf gets to journey from Herod to Iceland, defeating demons and large creatures from a giant hellhound to trolls. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like the perfect adaptation of of the original work, doesn't yeah. it? Take the bit that's always like skipped over the thirty years in between, just so that you've got complete artistic license to do anything. Why not? <laughs> have him just fighting demons and trolls. Um, have him fighting crabs. I wonder if they mean giant crabs or if it's literally Beowulf just stepping on crabs. Just on tiny beach. crabs. Yeah, yeah. Half of them are dead already, <laughs> which always happens when you go looking for crabs on the beach, doesn't it? You're like, oh, hey, it's a crab. Oh, it's dead. I was um, I was down in Cornwall. At the you beach. were, yes. Did you find any crabs? No, but we did see lots of jellyfish. Ugh, I hate them. There was there was jellyfish everywhere on one of the beaches one day, which is not good. Um, I'm now looking at footage from Beowulf the game, and they're they're oh they're poor little things. They're not very big. They're they're like the, the size of a dog. The crabs are just the size of a dog. No dog crabs. Um, and then you fight a big sea serpent and then uh, talk to some people. You do get a version of uh, of the characters. So King Hrothgar is here and his wife. I'm looking at this now. The um, animation looks better than the film. <laughs> Tonally, <laughs> uh, like visually, it does match the film pretty well in terms of um, the palette, the color palette and everything. Yeah. Uh, I've just skipped on ahead, and Beowulf is glowing blue, I suppose, with his heroic with a capital H powers. Um, And he's gone down into some ice cave. 
I might see if I can find this game. I assume it doesn't work on anything now. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with all these kind of games that time forgot. It's like, could you even find it if you wanted to? Now, that's the thing is, you know, if there's licensing issues, you probably wouldn't be able to get it on any digital storefronts, which means you'd have to dig up a secondhand PlayStation 3 copy of the game. Yeah. Um, but it, it looks like it's a it's a dodgy God of War knockoff, but, you know, it, it looks quite bad, but it doesn't look like the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm sure there's worse stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, Beowulf the game. Um, the the greatest adaptation of Beowulf there's ever been. Yeah, definitely. Um, there have been some Beowulf games. Um, there are others. Yeah, so there's a board game called Beowulf the Legend. Then there was going to be a game called Beowulf Viking Warrior, but that was cancelled after Beowulf the game was announced, unfortunately. Um, then there was a browser-based uh, role-playing game called Grendel's Cave that came out in the 90s. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's been, a, there's been a few. There's also a character called Beowulf in the Fire Emblem games. Oh, I used to quite enjoy them. Um, the ones that were on the Game Boy Advance at the time I loved. Yeah, yeah. So he's in one of them. Um, and then he appears in the game Age of Mythology, which is a spin-off of Age of Empires, if you ever played. No, played never that, did. Which is a little strategy game. So clearly Beowulf is a character in that. So Beowulf, cross-media empire. Yeah. It's very... When are we going to get a good movie? <laughs> we would have had one already if it was something that you could own as a property, if it wasn't some ancient thing that's like out of copyright. I'm sure people have tried to trademark it, but you can't. Can yeah, you? Well, Disney, Disney go builds a time machine specifically to go back and copyright Beowulf. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, which is yeah, that is exactly what they do. The awful bastards. But they forget they to um, they forget to tr- also trademark Grendel and Grendel's mother, so they're in trouble. So yeah, there we go. We can still get Grendel. Here's our like meta time travel movie. About going back in time to stop Disney from from hoovering up all the properties. Yeah, I mean, that could be quite a good fun film, actually. Like, um, um, like how in the new Space Jam, it's just like references all of the Warner Brothers properties that they own. We could do like a similar thing <laughs> with all the stuff that like Disney haven't hoovered up. And that, that's another thing that's interesting about um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is that it's actually cross empire as well right so you have like donald duck and um and daffy duck for instance oh really um it's not tied so i think it was made by touchstone pictures but they've got a lot of um you know warner brothers cartoons and things like that in there anyway it's very well done interesting um so so yeah um but anyway sorry back to beowulf is there anything else you'd like to say about um i didn't think the score was up to much there were a few sort of bits (laughs) of pumping epic music but nothing I think if you'd had a really, really good score on this where it was actually some memorable romping tunes like that theme from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves that we, we are sure exists in other things. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Um, if it had something like that, it might actually have made it a lot better. It would still have been weird and the characters still would have been dead behind the eyes, but it felt like they weren't trying with the score. No, it's a bit. It's just kind of there, isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's, yeah. It's it's not great. And it was written co-written by Neil Gaiman. I didn't realise that at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um which not his greatest work, I'm not gonna lie. No. 
No, the script is kind of flat, isn't it? But again, because the animation is so weird and it feels so lifeless to look at, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe if it was live action, it would be okay. It's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? I don't, yeah. I want to give him a pass because the the animation is so weird. You know, it's hard, it's impossible yeah. to get past yeah. that. Neil Gaiman, like, I really like some of his work and some of his other work I really don't like. He's quite hit and miss for me, but a lot of his stuff I really love. Yeah, ditto for me. Some of his stuff is incredible. Um, uh, Signal to Noise. I don't know if you've read that. Yeah, That's yeah, incredible. you gave it to me for my birthday a few years ago. Oh, did I? Mm. Oh, I don't remember that, but I'm glad that you remember it. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, it's an amazing, amazing comic. Um and yeah, so so he's done lots of really interesting things. Sandman is is fascinating as well. Yeah. Um he's uh, he's an interesting fella. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah. This maybe isn't his best work, but actually a little bit of trivia for you here. Um so it was it was co written by Roger Avery and Neil Gaiman. Um and the original plan was for Avery to direct it himself on a small budget. Um and they'd even scouted out some locations, but studios didn't like the idea of it so eventually he ended up selling it to robert zemeckis oh, right which is a bit of a shame because that could have been that could have been interesting a weird little small beowulf movie um instead of instead of this um uh steven spielberg also apparently directed a couple of shots when he visited the film set oh okay i like to think that the arrow was him yeah and and Frothgar's butt. I like to think those are the two that he that he directed. Yeah, um, he was like, "Give me the butt scene." <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, I like that. Um, just one more thing to call out is that um, this poor little quote from Ray Winston. Um, he and his fellow cast members spent several days filming in blue skin tight suits. And he said, showing up all your lumps and bumps in all the wrong places, which can be hard when you're standing in front of Angelina Jolie, who looks stunning in hers. So I'm just imagining Ray Winston in like a morph suit, just feeling really awkward. <laughs> Going like, when do I get to be golden? When <laughs> do I get to be a golden? When boy? are we going to see a cinema appreciate the dad bod in golden animated form? That's what, that's what I want to know. So yeah, where's 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 the golden dad bod? Yeah, that's that's um, going to be my my next film, the golden, golden dad, dad bod. bod. I, I I could get behind that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, is there, is there anything else you'd like to say about Beowulf? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, the main thing with with these motion capture films of the time is it's spectacle over actually really telling engaging you with the story isn't it and i think that's kind of the fundamental issue with it and you can do that if the spectacle works but if the spectacle makes you go oh this this playstation cutscene's got john malkovich in it then it doesn't work as a spectacle (laughs) does it no no it does not it does not um yeah so yeah that's, that's that's completely right it's weird it's weird that this exists and i'm glad that this didn't set a trend of loads of people doing similar films <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really only only this wasn't it yeah just just robert zemeckis um so <laughs> fair play to him for for beating that drum for a few yeah a few he, films. he did some weird stuff and then he did that welcome to marwin movie as well yeah which, i'd be interested to see that which yeah so um yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting, but interesting doesn't necessarily mean good. No. <laughs> right. So how are we how are we going to to rank this? Uh, let's see. Oh, um, 
how many times when you're skateboarding nude down the street does a sword or some other object have to cover your junk so that people don't see it <laughs> so that you can keep that 12a rating yeah yeah how, how many times can i scream my own name whilst naked <laughs> covering my junk well you do that every um, night don't you uh, that that is my 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 daily routine actually you know you've got to, you've got to do that before bed otherwise you don't sleep well you've got to get that energy out somehow um so so for me um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna be generous maybe and i'm gonna give it a nine i don't know what you were thinking i it's ambitious but it's bad <laughs> I think yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, I maybe yeah. I'll maybe go one a couple low, lower, even maybe like a seven out of twenty because it just it was a slog. I mean, it really, yeah, really was a slog. Not, it's it's not a good movie, is it? No, it's it's not enjoyable to watch. There are some very funny things to enjoy, but it's yeah, it's 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 a, ultimately a slog. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so. Up next. Yeah, so that concludes Swashbuckle Month. I mean, Beowulf, not much of a swashbuckler, but we always set it up as the Sieg into um, Halloween month. So obviously yeah, this, com- this is... comes out Friday. We're not into October yet, but the next episode will come out on the 1st of October. So we're, we're ready. We're getting prepared. We it's ready. pumpkin time. It's vampire time, you know. So I'm yeah. going to... This is where I, I hand over to you as our Halloween god and let you let you tell me what um scary film we're watching first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um I do have a question for you because there's there's a few things that ah, okay. we could choose here. Um we've got a we've got a handful. Um would you like to watch something by Robert Zemeckis? Oh, okay. Would you like to watch something with Nicolas Cage oh. or would you like to watch something that's kind of sweet that's 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 quite tough but i mean no actually it's not tough at all nicolas cage <laughs> okay then right we're, we're starting <laughs> if nicolas cage a... is on the table i'm always going to choose nicolas cage okay. we're starting with a very weird one then um, we're going to be watching the movie Mandy. Oh, okay. I oh, heard um, that this was actually not bad. Yeah. Um, I've not seen it. I've watched the director's previous movie, which I like a lot. And obviously it's a, it's a vengeance love rampage against demons. Who directed it? Uh, so it's a fella called Panos Cosmatos. All oh, right. And what was um, his previous So he's, he's only directed two films. Um, the first one was Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is a kind of callback to 70s science fiction, but done in a very artistic way. All right. Um, his movies, his well, Beyond the Black Rainbow is very abstract and odd. And I think that Mandy is the same, but with Nicolas Cage shouting. So Brilliant. <laughs> so hopefully it lives up to that expectation. And this is relatively recent, isn't it? It is, yeah. It only came out a couple of years ago, I think. Cool. Oh, I'm I'm really excited. I I heard this was quite an interesting film, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, demon Demon Love Rampage. What what better way to start off a romantic Halloween month demon than a Demon Love, love Rampage? Rampage. <laughs> Sounds like a <laughs> Motley Crue album. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the name of my new band, Demon Love Rampage. It's, all right. Well, I'm really excited to get going on that. 
Um, and thanks you, thanks everyone for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed Beowulf if you did watch it. If um, if you didn't, then maybe give it a go if you're interested to see it because it's it's there's not much else out there like it to be fair. But yeah, it's um, maybe not the best choice for your Friday night viewing. <laughs> no, there's nothing quite like Beowulf, but that's a bad thing. Yeah, there's a reason why there's nothing quite like Beowulf. <laughs> Yeah. And um you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. There's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money, like a virtual tip jar if you like what we do. And we'll be back next week to talk about Mandy. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.